Last week's offering, we have about $3,300 that came in for Abington School. That's fantastic. Um, our, our, our goal, our target for the year to, to try to carry them through the, the school year is about 5,000. Um, we have uh, some projects. We talked to Principal Harwood about different things that we wanted to do. Uh, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to provide uh, a box lunch for open house day for all of the teachers for Abingdon School. There's about 80 teachers, and so we're going to provide a box lunch so that they don't have to go home um, and cook a meal or go run out. We're going to provide the food for them, um, and so that, that'll be pre-ordered, and it'll show up that evening uh, for the teachers. Um, and so we're going do that. We're also going to help them with their sound system. We, we had a team up there, 15, 20 people or something like that, doing some painting. Um, got some benches painted and started with some, uh, uh, some handwriting on the walls, some, uh, um, some, uh, you know, some affirmations that they wanted painted on the walls in the halls. So that's exciting. Um, and so we're also uh, thinking about, uh, I, I talked to Principal Harwood, and I said, what about if uh, some, some volunteers that just like to encourage people with scripture and maybe, maybe write a birthday card and would you be open to that and she was like oh yeah so uh we can we can adopt abingdon uh the teachers and write birthday cards to them and all you know there's a lot of different things that we can do um and so over by uh the the table there over by the bookstore with the school buses on it there's a sign-up sheet for various things uh that we're going to be looking to have volunteers to do and these are all have been authorized by principal harwood she said we could really use your help in these areas and so those are some things that we're doing so we're excited about it there's an all-pro dads uh, uh, meeting that happens once a month for breakfast, and uh, it's an opportunity for, uh, for even scripture to be shared, positive uh, messages for dads. Um, and so it's a, it's a voluntary thing for dads to come together and have breakfast there with their kids, and uh, so we're going to help out with that. There's just a number of different things. So I'm sure there's something, if, uh, if you'd like to serve in that way uh, as an outreach form, reading to kids, whatever the case may be, sign up right over there. So. Cool stuff, and you probably saw the table coming in. We have an overcomers group that's getting uh, cranked up here. You're going to hear more about that in the next little uh, couple of weeks, and uh, it's launching. But if you want information, uh, stop by there and, and uh, talk to Shelly or Jay or anybody else that's back there at the table at the end of the service today. Good stuff. Woo, you guys look fantastic. I, uh, you know, our first number of years here, um, uh, under our old bylaws, the pastor couldn't be gone out of the pulpit more than 10% of the Sundays per year, um, which meant about five, and that included missions trips. And um, so probably the first five or six or longer than that, probably eight years or something like that, I, I really held to that. And then I got finding out that um, pastors who had longevity were out of the pulpit more than that. Yeah. So like I was talking to God, how often do you preach? And they'd say, oh, about 30 times a year. What? I was like 150 because we had three services, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, man, that, what's that about, you know. So I thought, well, if I'm going to have to do this for the long time, I'm going to pace myself. But, um, but I, I do miss being here. You are by far the favorite people that I have on the planet to talk to on a Sunday morning. And so when I'm not here, um, you know, you, you, I don't know if you pine for me, but I pine for you. And I am not, I'm not fishing. I'm not fishing for a compliment. I'm not, you know. Uh, and I hear, I heard that my wife brought a great word last week. <clears throat> and uh, so Daniel and I were talking. She, he said, yeah, you know, Pastor Holly is the truth teller on the team. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. <laughs> 
So Psalm 34 is where we're going today. I hope you have your notes right around you. There's also uh, some version notes on the event. Uh, if you wanted to do it digitally, um, just gives you an excuse to look at your phone while I'm talking and uh, act like you're doing something spiritual. Um, anyway, um, version. Uh, and so we... Uh, Psalm 34 um, is, I, I, you know, I selected the psalms that I'm preaching. Everybody else selected the psalms that they're preaching. Psalm 34 was the, was the psalm, uh, I think it was Psalm 34, 8. Uh, but when I first got born again, somebody gave me a Bible and it had Psalm 34, 8. was, you know, how we used to, with the Bible. What do you do when you got... When you're just using a digital app, you can't sign the Bible anymore, right? You can't put a, we want to bless you. Well, there's some things that are missing, right? So uh, in gold foil, uh, Psalm 34, uh, 8 was uh, on my first Bible. It was the good news version. Anybody remember the good news version? Yeah, you probably got one out there. Okay, I just dated you about 30 years back, you know, uh, more so. Anyway, um, so that was, uh, that made me as a new believer. I'm like, oh, okay, somebody blessing me with a scripture. I don't know what it is. So then I went back and looked it up and I spent a lot of time um, in when I was 17 years old, when I got saved, I spent a lot of time in Psalm 34. And, uh, but there's just some good, I find myself many times when I'm praying um, and declaring things, I'll declare things, scriptures right out of Psalm 34, because it's just, it just resonates in my soul. And I think it'll do the same for you today. Um, so it's a long psalm. We're not going to read all the way through it. Um, uh, we'll read the first seven verses together, and then, uh, and then I'll preach through it and share with you what I, I feel like the Lord's put on my heart to share today. But if you'll, um, if you'll do the, the first uh, uh, seven verses with me, that would be phenomenal. Um, psalm 34, waiting for you version to reboot here. Okay. Um, you know, I'm... I'm uh, talking about tasting is believing because this is the passage where, uh, you know, we're going to hear, taste, and see that the Lord is good. You know? and, uh, but let's, uh, let's read this out loud together, first seven verses. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Amen. Isn't that a good passage? That, don't you just get happy just reading that? You know, uh, let me just say, and this is, this is kind of like rambling commentary on the Christian life, but let me just talk to you for a second. There need to be passages of Scripture that are kind of like those 911 passages. Like when you're having a bad day, you just dial up Psalm 34, and, and, and you just begin to read it. And, and like we just did, read it out loud, and your soul will get happy. How many of you have ever needed a soul lift? I'm not talking about a facelift. You, you know, you can get a facelift by a soul lift. Did you know that? <laughs> like maybe you need, don't need to go under the knife. Maybe you need to go under the word. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, just, just get in there and read that word. And, it, and your soul will brighten. Your soul will get happy. See, this is what mature believers do. 
This is what mature believers do. This is what people who know the Lord, that want to want to seek the Lord, want to serve the Lord. They they they. Uh, this is this is going to sound like pull your up by pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. The Scripture says, and this is what we have to do. You know, um, if we are if we are mature in the Lord, this is what we've learned to do. It, you know, in this regard, my attitude is my is my business. It's not somebody else's business, right? I wish you were here. <laughs> Years ago, I read a quote by Abraham Lincoln. You know, everything was everything on the internet was at one point attributed to Abraham Lincoln, and uh, but but he said this. He had one of his cabinet members, and and uh, they were trying to they were he was going to appoint somebody else to his cabinet, and uh, so a guy brought up a, a, another individual, and, and Abraham Lincoln said, uh, "I don't like his face," and. And the man was taken aback. He says, well, you don't like his face. The man can't do anything about his face. And Abraham Lincoln said, every man over 40 is responsible for his face. <laughs> All right. Good enough for the president. Good for me. Anyway. Um, so we're going to. You know, one of the things I see David doing here, and, and this is something that we need to practice as believers, is what I'm calling the cleansing of the palate with praise. You know, this is, this, is what, uh, this is what David did. You prepare your palate with praise because we need to understand the nature of God in order to properly uh, approach him. You know, when, when uh, you were in the world, you probably had some days that didn't start out well because you had some leftovers from the night before. Maybe you had a little bit too much the night before, and you woke up and you had to go to work, but you felt really, 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 really bad. What's that called? It's called a hangover, right. So you had a hang. What's, what is that? That means last night hung over till this morning. That something hung over on my life and it doesn't feel good, right? But, but as believers, um, we need to be disciplined about this understanding that yes, yesterday ended last night. That whatever happened yesterday, his mercies are new every morning and we've got to get up and we've got to prepare ourselves by cleansing our palate, preparing our palate with praise. Go back to what you know works. Go back to what you are sure of. Go back to your foundation. And the, the, the surest thing to do as a believer is to put praise for God in your mouth because God is always worthy of praise. The heavens declare the glory of God. The, uh, the earth uh, is, uh, shows the, the firmament as a sign that his hands have been upon it. That, that we ought to be people of praise and the fact that that's, that's where we get our beginning. That's where we go back and we start things afresh. That's a reset. Now, here's what happens, though, in our, in our world, and there's, this is how, uh, you know, in, in the millennium, you know, that we're seeing right now, this is where worship wars happen. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into this uh, too much, but uh, I was fascinated by this passage as I was listening to it this past week on, uh, about uh, how that Jesus said, through the lips of, of uh, children and infants, he has ordained praise. That praise comes from the heart more than the head. You ever hear your kids say something and get the words wrong, but you were, it was cute and so you celebrated their attempt? 
you know. And 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 so you know they're doing their best, but their heart is in it, and and they just want to. They in the scripture tells us uh, that when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem during the triumphal entry, it was the children that made the Pharisees mad. It was the children. They were angry. And they said, Jesus, stop these, stop this from happening. Right? And through the, the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Ordained it. You know, it's not going to come from the head. It's going to come from the heart. And so David said, this is what I do. I put the praise of God in my mouth. I put it in. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, not, not in how I feel. Oh, here's another grow up statement. Don't consult how you feel. You don't consult how you feel before you go to work, you go to work. You don't consult how you feel when the kids need food, you feed them. You don't consult how you feel for anything else, but immature believers, and that's not us, that's not us. Immature believers consult how they feel before they praise. Can I tell you that we become like what we worship? And if you make a shrine out of your own soul, you're trying to create God in your image rather than you praising God for who he says he is and then you rising to the level of what he wants to do. Don't consult how you're feeling. Don't consult your energy level. Don't consult any of that. Go to the word of God, and the word of God tells us who God is. God is my deliverer. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is my healer. He's my strong tower. I begin to praise God. David said, I always praise God. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will extol the Lord at all times. When do, how, uh, does that leave anything out? How often should we have praise in our mouth? David said, at all times. How, boy, that seems impossible. You know, uh, was, was it, uh, Bruce just mentioned this the other day. Was it Wigglesworth that said, um, I never pray for more than 10 minutes, but I never go 10 minutes without praying. You know, so we, we extol the Lord at all times. So, so it's the foundation. You're, you're cleansed from whatever happened last night by praising God now. You start your day with praise. You, you begin to focus your attention. You begin to get your, yourself in the position that you need to be in with praise. You know, here's what happens. Sometimes, many times we wake up in the morning and we like all of a sudden our, our, our day invades our bed. You're laying there with your head on the pillow, and all of a sudden, all the things you have to do, and what do you do? Drag yourself out of bed. Go find a triple, quadruple espresso to have enough energy to face the day. Try to get enough go fuel on the inside of you. But David said, the go fuel comes from the soul, not from the body. My soul will boast in the Lord. My soul will boast in the Lord. My mind, my will, my emotions, my soul will boast in the Lord. So get up and start boasting in God. While that coffee is being made, I'm telling you, it's okay to drink coffee. Daniel wouldn't be in the kingdom if it wasn't okay to drink coffee. (laughs) 
He said one time, you know, Jesus delivered me from beer and alcohol, and so coffee is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got excited there, stepped off. You know, so, so we begin with praise, and that's where our strength comes from. That's where the energy to face your day comes from. And, and so you need to, before all that stuff invades the space of your noggin, you need to begin to fill yourself with the praise of the living God. Get your day started right. Uh, somebody once said, meet Jesus in the morning, and you'll have him with you all day long. You know, find a way to put the praise of God in your heart. And, uh, you know, whether it's some people, it works better with putting on some music that worships some some worship music in the morning, whatever you need to do. It's so convenient today to do that. You know, you just ask Alexa uh, to put on, you know, put on your playlist, you know, or whatever you need to do. She's been listening to you all the time anyway. What if Alexa talked back? That's just a thought. I I'll just, I'm not going to develop it, but I mean, what if she actually talked back for stuff she, she heard? James says that, uh, that fresh water and salt water shouldn't come from the same spring. That we shouldn't praise our Lord and God and then curse people who are made in his image. Huh. Let's go to point number two. Verse eight says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, uh, here's the point. Your testimony is only as full as your experience of God. Tasting becomes testimony. Tasting becomes testimony. When I was about five years old, we were over at a neighbor's house, and my mom and the neighbor uh, gal were in the kitchen, and they were chopping up uh, some fresh garden vegetables for uh, our lunch. And uh, I was about five, and I couldn't, I couldn't see the counter. I couldn't see above the counter. you got to imagine, you know, when I was five, I was like down here. And uh, so, not too hard to imagine. For, uh, but anyway, uh, so I was reaching up as high as I could, and I, and I could see it from a, a ways off. So I was a, way, a ways off in the kitchen, and I could see what it was uh, my, my target was. But by the time I got there, I was moving my hand around, couldn't really, you know. And so I got there, and, I, and there was some lettuce there, and some, some fresh green lettuce, you know. And so I'm, I'm grabbing that, and, and my mom's like, hey, get out of the kitchen. Get out later, later. You know, she shouldn't have been ever smacking me because, you know, vegetables. I mean, kids wants to steal vegetables, let them steal all they want, you know, and, uh, but, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, and I did this like three or four times, I had this repetitive thing going on, I knew where the lettuce was up there, and I go up and steal it, what I didn't know was about the fourth time that I came in, fifth time that I came in, they'd switched vegetables, and there were some radishes and onions being chopped right there. And I, you know, and, and you know, uh, there are certain parts of the, the lettuce, not like, uh, well, maybe a little bit of romaine, some iceberg lettuce, certain parts of it that's a little, little wider. And so when I picked up that onion and a piece of radish, it, it looked similar, you know, because it was like white, you know. And I thought, well, I just got another piece. And when I put it in my mouth, wah! 
what did I get a hold of? It was this, you know, it was this uh, really strong onion, you know, and this radish. It was like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, ah, get it off my tongue. Go find some Kool-Aid and drink it down and whatever, you know. And uh, you, do you ever have an expectation that something was going to taste one way and it tasted another? You ever have that? You ever, you know, uh, just think about it. Now I want you to do this with me. That's got Touch your tongue. Go ahead. That's pretty, that's pretty close, isn't it? I mean, you know, you get somebody that close, you get taste. Isn't it interesting? David used this phraseology, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste the Lord? But he's talking about a level of closeness, a level of, I'll use the word, intimacy. You know, touching with the tongue. A level of closeness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Some people have a mental ascent of what they think God is like. They, they read about the God of the Bible, but they have no experiential knowledge of the God of the Bible. And so they're, they're, uh, they want to argue concepts. They want to talk about concepts. This is, this is what Paul dealt with in Mars Hill when he's uh, preaching about the resurrection. And they're saying, oh, you have some interesting concepts. And Paul's talking to them about Jesus will slay your sin and he will raise you up to life. And life is, you know, and so they, so, but they wanted to talk concepts. These are interesting ideas, Paul. Come back and talk to us about them later. But Paul has been knocked off his horse. Paul has had scales on his eyes and he was blind for three days because he encountered Jesus. Paul had experiential knowledge of Jesus. How many of you have had experiential knowledge of Jesus? I've had people want to talk to me and debate uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with me. You know, I'm my good Baptist brothers and, you know, they talk with me about well, God doesn't do that today. And I'm like, well, where were you on this day in 1986 when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit? You weren't around, but I know what I experienced. And I found out that my experience was a Bible experience because I, it was right there in the Bible, right? So I'm not getting something that they didn't have. I'm getting what they did have. You know, so their argument is from, uh, from theory, not experience, but I have experience, you see. You and I need to recognize that God wants us to taste him. He wants to, you know, there's another place where he says test him, but here David said taste him. You need to have that personal relationship, that understanding that day by day, moment by moment, God wants us to experience his life. He wants us to know what he's talking about. He doesn't want it to be theory. He doesn't want it to be mental ascent. This past week, we experienced Jesus. We experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in Mexico. When we talk here at Lighthouse about uh, Lighthouse exists to create life-giving communities where people love to belong, we took our life-giving community to Mexico. We took our life-giving community down there, and we, and we brought education for the kids through VBS. We brought art. We brought music. We brought massage. We brought uh, uh, medical. Um, we brought uh, evangelism. We brought sports. We brought all of that into that little community, into that little church. And we watched Jesus move. We watched Jesus move. 
um, uh, you know, uh, numbers of, uh, what was the number, what was the number you, of miracles, Bruce, that, that you and the team had prayed, you, Bruce was like calculating the numbers, it was like 24, 30, something like that, miracles. Yeah, well, we were 24 miracles, we, you know. Let me, let me tell you one of the things that happened. Um, there was a, um, a woman named Paula that came in, and she came in with a cane. She came in with a couple of kids from three streets over. And uh, we can't confirm this. We don't know this, but I think she was the one with cervical cancer. Was that right? Uh, cervical cancer. Um, she'd had an injury to her lower leg about 20 years ago. It was still bothering her. I don't know if she bro- it was broken wrong or whatever. Um, infection had set in and whatever, but she was still hobbling on that thing. Her face was just a, was just a mask of pain the entire time. When you talked to her, um, she, was, she just could not crack a smile. She could not physically do that because she was in such pain and so uh nicole has her in the medical clinic upstairs and she calls for us and says well you know it's not a lot that the doctor can do for her. you know we can there there's the pain but there you know there's the symptoms but there's the source right and we can't really do anything about the source here so can you guys come pray and so um and i'm probably going to get some of the names wrong but I, I know bruce and elaine were in there i know genesis was in there translating for us um i know nicole was in there praying i was thinking was ginger in there too i can't remember um, but uh, so we were all gathered around her, you know, and began to pray for her. And uh, as we're praying for her, um, you know, uh, she's, uh, you know, she, you can tell that the Lord's touching her, but you can't quite see what's going on. So we asked her at one point, what, what's happening? Are you, you know, you still have pain. She says, yeah, the pain's still quite high. And uh, Bruce had a word of knowledge that, uh, that she was dealing with fear. And then it occurred to me, yeah, like five gringos standing around you speaking in a language that you don't know. <laughs> I can imagine fear would be an issue, you know. I'm like, surround me with a bunch of Hispanics speaking in a language I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to be a little weirded out. So, so he, he spoke to that fear, ministered to her, and I'm telling you what, it was like, the, it was like she washed her face. It was like the mask of pain left and the smile comes. She accepted Christ. She was completely healed. I said, well, stand up. She stood up. I said, do you need the cane anymore? Don't need the cane anymore. Completely healed. And then she, she goes downstairs, and she spends the entire week with us. She's at every VBS. She's there all day long. Tuesday night, she's back. You know, everybody's dancing and singing. She's dancing and singing. You know, Paula's having a good time. And then on, on Thursday uh, was the last VBS day, and then Thursday night, uh, Daniel was going to be preaching, and I don't know, was it by design that you used the same text as Elaine? Okay, so Elaine taught on the, on the four uh, crazy friends who brought their paralytic friend and, and dropped them down through uh, the ceiling, you know, in front of Jesus. And so she taught that to the kids that morning. Daniel uh, brought the word that night. And what was amazing uh, was that as all of this was happening, um, you know, for Paula, um, and Nicole had taken her back in to see the doctor. This was like back on Monday or Tuesday, Monday when it happened. And, and uh, she takes her back in to see the doctor because we had like goodie bags and stuff. And she just wanted the doctor to check her out. And the doctor asked her a few questions and she said, well, I sleep on the floor every night because my kids need the bed. And so she said, I'm, I'm cold every night. And so I wake up kind of, you know how you would feel if you slept on a tile floor. So the doctor found somebody in the church to bring a bed, and the bed showed up Thursday night. And so, um, so what was cool was, you know, as Daniel's talking, and in that text, um, it said, the power of the Lord was present to heal. And so he said, this word is for tonight. 
The power of the Lord is present to heal tonight. Jesus is going to do this tonight. And as he did, he said, you know, God has been doing amazing things all week. And, and, uh, and, and as soon as he said, you know, God's been healing people. And right over here about, about where Mike is, about, you know, uh, Dylan R. right there, that's, that's where Paula was sitting. And he locked eyes with her. And he said, Jesus has already been doing amazing healings this week. And she jumped up and ran down front and stood next to him waiting for the microphone. She had tasted and seen. And you, she just testified. She just talked about how they prayed for me and Jesus healed me. And Jesus is in my heart and I'm pain free. Isn't that amazing? And we have video. It was so powerful. We have video of at the end of the service that her kids were carrying her bed. It was the whole story that was repeated. Take up your mat and go home. Take up your mat and go home. It was powerful. So when we were, uh, so Thursday, we were sitting with, uh, we were having tacos. El Pastor. We ate lots of tacos. Tacos and Domino's pizza, tacos and Papa John's pizza. We ate good. I need the low-carb diet starting this week, maybe. And uh, so we were talking to, we were talking to uh, um, Pastor Juan about, you know, what, what we felt like. And one of the things that, that happened with uh, me, as you all know, last year um, uh, when uh, Mark Smith uh, passed, uh, he and Sandra and the kids were in that same city in Puebla, and we decided after he had passed to go ahead and do the VBS we did last year, but I didn't have anything to do with that. I was back at the house packing it up and everything. And, um, and so then, then this year, it was kind of go back and, and, and uh, do this again because we had already started it in motion that we wanted to do another VBS down there. But I really felt like my part um, was to meet with uh, some leaders and continue to coach and train leaders and, and put legs to Mark's legacy. Really felt like that the Lord wanted to continue to do that. Um, one of our own former members uh, during the uh, memorial service sent $5,000 last year and said, use this to continue on the work. And so I went down on part of that dime to spy out the land and make connections. And what God did um, was that on the very Sunday that we came, the first Sunday, last Sunday, there was a missions uh, service with 100 Mexican missionaries that was meeting at that church where we were at with Pastor Juan. And I got introduced to the general secretary for all of the Assemblies of God in Mexico. And, uh, and he sat with me, and, and, and it was a divine appointment. The Holy Spirit jumped in the middle of the conversation, and he referenced it. He said, the Holy Spirit, I, he said, I feel the Holy Spirit right now as we're talking. And I said, me too. I said, what's that mean? <laughs> he said, we should, we should talk again. And, uh, and so we were, I was having that kind of conversation with Pastor Juan just to, just to ask him, you know, is there a way that I can come alongside and, uh, and, and continue to coach pastors and train pastors in Mexico? This is something that, that's in my heart. I want to do this. is what God's called us to do. In that conversation, Sandra mentioned to Juan 
about the prophetic word that was spoken by Bob Hazlett here in this house on September the 30th. And when she did, um, I, I had that in the back of my mind too, but she referenced something that I didn't remember. And so I, I have a I have a transcription of it, and uh, so I, I went back the next day, and I, I looked um, Friday morning at this, and this is, this is what was spoken in this room on September the 30th last year. I want you to, I want you to hear this. He says, um, and he was speaking uh, specifically to me, but as the leader of this house, he says, I feel like there's not a diminishing of what you're going to do in Asia, because I've been working with Southeast Asia prayer centers. But I feel like there's something, some unfinished business in Latin America that God has put his finger on this church to finish. There's something that started that wasn't finished, and it died prematurely, but God is going to breathe on it, revive it, reboot it, restore it, bring it back to life. And I feel like the Lord wants to do something, even that releases the supernatural power of God. And I saw literally teens going across the border, south of the border, into Mexico into Central America, and I feel like the Lord says, I'm sending them now with a restoration anointing, literally with a revival anointing, with a resurrection anointing. I feel like there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles that you haven't seen in Asia. You'll see them in Mexico. You'll see them in Central America. You'll see them in Guatemala. You'll see them in El Salvador. And I hear the Lord say, you're going to even see the dead raised because the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life to the full. You're going to release life to the dead churches, life into dead movements. I also saw this. Uh, it was like, this is a picture that I'm hesitant to share because it's so specific. I saw an unfinished orphanage. It was started to be built, the ground was cleared, the foundations were laid, the framing was up, but it wasn't finished. And I hear the Lord say, you're going to finish building the father's house for the orphans, the fatherless and motherless ones, and I will finish the work that I started in you because I'm faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And there's literally, I heard a great shout come out of heaven when I said that, and I feel like it has to, uh, has to do with the Lord saying there's a great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. Some of them finished the race, some of them didn't complete it, but you're going to complete what other people started. You know, when I, when I began to um, really think about and process that, that word, what was interesting, what came to my mind was Acts chapter 1, verse 8. A number of years ago in Bible college, um, I was studying the book of Acts, and the Lord showed me a pattern. Um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the scripture says, uh, Jesus, it's, Jesus is quoted as saying, but you will receive power. You could quote it with me, right? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And what, what happens, that, that begins its fulfillment in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, when the Holy Spirit is poured out. But all of the activity that takes place um, in the, the next eight chapters, up to chapter 8, verse 1, it's like there's this fulcrum. And I know that the numbers in the, in the text are not, uh, they're not inspired of God, right? But Acts 1, 8 and Acts 8, 1 are this unique little fulcrum that happens. Acts 1, 8 is the table of contents. But up until Acts 8, 1, all the activity happens in Jerusalem and Judea, and they don't leave Jerusalem until persecution breaks out. All the salt stays in the shaker until Acts 8.1. When persecution comes, out comes the salt. 
and Acts 8.1, the scripture says all, uh, all, uh, you know, all the church was scattered except the apostles. The apostles stayed back, but all the church was scattered because of the persecution that broke out because of the martyrdom of Stephen. If they can take out Stephen, they can take out all of us, and the church scattered. You know? And what was happening in that moment was here was Saul giving approval to Stephen's death. Now, in that picture, follow, follow with me in the picture, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts. Saul makes his cameo visit in Acts 8.1. Philip goes down to Samaria and preaches the gospel. And signs and wonders follow. You know, Philip. Philip goes down to Samaria, sees the signs and wonders. And then another chapter later, and here comes Saul, who would later become Paul, who's going to take the gospel to the ends of the, ends of the earth. So Jesus gives the table of contents. First Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the uttermost parts. And in the next several chapters, that's exactly the way the book of Acts lays out. Are you with me? I, when, when I read that and I thought, here it starts in Mexico. Here it starts. We're going to go and we're going to connect with the Mexican church. We're going to go. We're going to finish this work. The training that you sent me to school to get uh, from 20, uh, 2007 to 2014 when I graduated with my doctorate was uh, a unique training system called Church Life, and, uh, and there's nothing else like it. I took Church Life to Africa with 3,500 pastors. Now I have the opportunity to take it into Mexico. There's nothing else like it out there. This isn't like I'm going to copy it from somebody. This is, this is like been birthed out of a couple's life, and uh, it's amazing the opportunity that God has just opened up for us. And he showed us, I believe, through these signs and wonders this past week. And the work that all of us experienced in our own hearts. I mean, if there's, you talk to any, any one of us 24, and there were some deep things that God did in our own hearts, which is, brings me to my last point, and then we're going to close. You know, your taste of God brings you into a full-fledged experience with the God who is your refuge. You know, the God who is your refuge. You and I need to remember that when we're tasting of the Lord, that we've got to continually keep our mouth in check. You say, Pastor Ken, why are you talking about your mouth? Did, did, you, did you see the, the latter part of, of, uh, of those verses there in... Uh, he says in verse 11, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. Are you listening? I, I love life and I want to see many good days. I want to know what the fear of the Lord is. What does he tell you to do? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Now, I'm going to ask Holly to pass me the truth teller mantle for just a moment. Some of you don't have an anger problem. You have a mouth problem. There, a, a preacher once said this in, in regards to the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm, I'm going to take a little license with it, but I'll explain what, what I'm doing. He, he used in the, what, what is the King James passage where, uh, where Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, he's, where the Scripture says it this way, Take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? For your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. 
the minute you begin to say whatever it is that your fear is, you, be, you took the thought. You didn't have to take it, but when you spoke it, you took it. When you spoke it, it was birthed. If you'd held it in, it would have died unborn. Would have just gone right by your mind. You could have replaced it with praise. You could have put praise out in front of that worry and said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And you know what? You would have spoken truth even if it didn't feel it was yours at that moment. That truth is still there. The scripture says, you know, what, what David is saying there in, in his psalm is if you want to enjoy life and see good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. What are lies? Things that, that don't acknowledge that God exists. Don't act like you don't have a heavenly father who looks after all your needs. Don't talk like you don't have a heavenly father who looks after all your needs. You've got a heavenly father who knows what you need of before you ask. So don't let that slop come out your mouth. Don't give voice to strongholds that deny God. Didn't we just say in the presence of the Lord we're going to take down strongholds because Jesus' work is a finished work? And, and we're not going to take any discounts on that work. We want the full payment of what he has paid for. When we, when we speak things like, you know, I, I'm not saying we're speaking things, but, but what, you, what we are is contributing to an atmosphere. I can change an atmosphere with my words. As a preacher, that's my stock and trade. But you need to know that, that you're either building your family up or you're poisoning your family. You're either helping your family grow or, or you're a, a ball and chain holding them to the past. Yesterday ended last night. Don't be bringing it up. Don't be bringing it up. Well, you always. You never. Take those words out of your, out of your language. Don't say them. Don't take that thought. Don't say it. Right? And, and so well, it's not that simple, Pastor Ken. Yeah, it is. James, James tells us, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to what? Become angry. So that's telling me that if I will listen, and I'm not just listening to what's going on around me, I'm listening to what's going on in me. I'm listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying right now. I don't know what's supposed to happen right here, but I'm not going to be complicit with the devil for the demise of everybody around me. I'm going to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Keep your tongue from evil. And so we don't have an anger problem. We have a mouth problem. If you get control of the mouth, the anger is not an issue. Why? Because when you, when you begin to spew whatever's going out, that is just fuel for the fire. Right? Lots of Proverbs about that. I could quote them, but, you, you know, you go back and read it. You'll know. You know, don't contribute. Hold back. Hold back. Right? That's how you can be angry and sin not. Because you didn't actually sin, because you didn't actually speak. You didn't take the thought. You didn't contribute to the stronghold, right? And so I, I just want us to get a hold of that. You, tasting, you know, that, that's your testimony. What is your experience in God? What is the thing that the Lord is doing on the inside of your life? What is the thing that he wants to show the world through your life that is your testimony? Don't settle for just, well, I kind of think. No, you want to experience. You want to know that you know that you know. You want to experience the goodness of the Lord on a daily basis, right? And so, but you got to cooperate with him. 
you got to cooperate. Well, Pastor Ken, it's easy for you because you're sanctified. No, it's not easy for me. Can I tell you, preachers are the worst sinners. Because the scripture says, where words are many, sin is not absent. Right? Who says more words than preachers? Right? And, and so, but, but what I have learned, what I have learned is that there, there are a lot of things that I might think, that I might muse on, that I might have questions about, but I don't voice them. When I stand in front of you, I'm going to tell you what I know that I know that I know. Paul said, uh, you know, I've decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. He knew a lot more, but he said, this is what's edifying, so that's what I'm going to say. This is what's foundational. This is what you can't argue about. This is the deal. And it would help us a lot of times. We can have a lot of speculation. I speculate. I think. I question a lot of stuff in my mind. But I'm only going to share what's edifying because that's all I have authority to do. You have authority to build your family up in Jesus' name. You have authority to do that. You don't have authority to tear them down. Jesus will get after you for that. But you have authority to build them up. So do that. Amen? Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for anything, would you just step out and come on down? Hey, we're just, it's just us home folks. If you need prayer for anything, you say, Pastor Ken, the Holy Spirit's talking to me about this. I had this conversation. I need to circle back around and have a different conversation. Um, you know, just encourage me with that. You know, step out from where you're at. Come on down. Maybe you need Jesus. You know, all of us at one time or another made that first step and confessed with our mouth for the first time, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to change me. All of us had that at one time. So there is no shame in your game coming to find Jesus today. That's why we are here. This is why we exist. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't want you to get a sermon out of today. He wanted you to get life out of today. He wanted you to experience him. He wants you to taste and see his goodness today. Amen. He wants you to taste and see. So just open your mouth and say, you know what? I believe God's got something for me today. So step out from where you're at. We're going to have prayer here. Um, whatever you have need of, just come on down. Bring it to the Lord this morning. And we're going to watch God move in our midst. Are you ready for to do that? We're just going to take about five minutes. Stay with us about five minutes. We're going to pray for each and every person down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're not down here, let me pray for you right where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would uh, take something that I said today. Let my words fall to the ground. Let the words of Jesus rise to the surface. Holy Spirit, apply them to our hearts. Apply them to our lives today. Help us to be those people, Lord God, that walk out our testimony, that can say, I have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. I pray that we would experience your goodness in this room today. I pray, Lord God, that our, our experience you with you would go up another notch, another level, another dimension. God, that you would use us, Lord God, in the days to come to carry the kingdom of God wherever we are to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for that right now. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, that you have things in store for us that we have not seen. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for them that love him. But you have revealed it to us by your spirit, and we thank you for that today. We thank you for revealing by your spirit what you want to do in this house, what you want to do in our future, how you want us to walk in it, oh God. This is not my vision, this is your vision. 
It's not my mission, it's your mission for this house, God. Show us how we're supposed to connect with the thing that you want us to do, Father, in the name of Jesus. Show us what part we are to play. Give us those insights today. Show us, Lord God, the treasures that are out in front of us, the people that we can meet and walk with and grow with. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, God. of light to see is moving here in front of me moving here in front of me the one with the deaf to hear silencing by every fear silencing by every fear I believe in you I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, I believe in you, I believe you're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The one who does impossible. The one who does impossible. reaching out. Yeah. 
share something with you. And, uh, and I just want you at this point to pray with me about it. Because this is everything, everything, all success in the spiritual spirit realm happens through prayer, praise, and worship, right? So we want, we want success. I believe Jesus wants to launch a Hispanic congregation in this house. I believe, I've, I've seen it, I've seen, I saw it a number of years ago, and whenever I shared it, there was never a clap. There was a, uh-huh. I mean, not even a golf clap. It was a, yeah. But that, that spark when we were down in Mexico and I'm looking around talking to the team and, and we say, you know what? We think it's time for a Hispanic congregation here at Lighthouse. And I'm not talking about a, I'm not talking about one of these, you know, in uh, no disrespect, but I'm not talking about a 25, 50 member on life support Hispanic congregation. I'm talking about a thriving, life-giving congregation that, that will rock this house with their worship. That when you walk in, the smell of cilantro just takes you to heaven. <laughs> um, okay, so before we go, if you want to witness that, if you say, Pastor Ken, I'll pray for that. If you say, Pastor Ken, I want to be involved in that. I'll be a spokesperson. Just cluster up with me. We're going to pray for a Hispanic church. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what, I don't know the leadership. I don't know, but I feel like coming back. I feel like we need to sit down. We're just, you're just committing to pray right now, okay? I'm not signing you up for $250 a month for the rest of your life. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Everything starts in prayer. We, here at Lighthouse, we are starters of things. We are incubators of things. We, we, take, we take ideas that the Holy Spirit gives us and then we pray over them. We say, Holy Spirit, breathe on this ember. And now we've got a site plan for Legacy Springs that's been completed and it's been passed. And so that's going to the next level. <clears throat> Life-giving community. Little Lights just bought their seventh bus. Seventh bus. We we rode back in it. It only had 400 miles on it. We rode back in it, for, you know, from Richmond Airport last night. Just this is the work of God. It's the work of God. Father, we agree right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we believe that at this altar there will be Spanish speakers coming to Jesus by the droves. We believe that you will bring a wave of revival to Spanish speakers on the Middle Peninsula because they have found a life-giving place, a life-giving house, a place where they can be received, a place where they will be loved, a place where they will be nurtured, a place where they will no longer feel like a foreigner, no longer feel like an outsider but they will find that they've got a heavenly father and that they've got a family that loves them and cares for them even though they, we don't look like them or sound like them. We love them. Father, I pray that you would begin to send us the people, Lord God, that are going to comprise the foundation for this house, the pillars in the house that need to be set up before we can begin to build it, Lord. I pray that you'd send them to us. 
I pray that you'd send us apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I pray that you'd send us laborers. I pray that you'd send us uh, people, Lord God. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm here to serve. And Lord, those servants that are the stem cells of every organ in the body, Lord, send them to this house and we will begin to, with your help, assemble them and fashion in this house, Lord, a Hispanic congregation for the glory of God. We believe you for that. Lord, I pray for these that are right here. Lord God, that visions and dreams would start waking them up. They begin to write them down. They begin to see the pieces of the puzzle coming together. They would, you would show them, Lord, what it's going to look like, sound like, uh, what it's going to do in this community, what it's going to be known by. Father, I pray that you would begin to speak to us. Lord, we open our hearts right now to vision and dream because that's the language of the Holy Spirit. When something doesn't exist, vision and dream is what fills in the blanks. And Lord, I pray that you begin to speak to us right now. And in the days to come, we'd write it down, we'd send it in, and Lord, you'd begin to help us to ground floor, begin to develop this congregation. Hallelujah. Here's, here's, how this, here's how I see it working. You know, the other day we were sitting there with Pastor Juan Martin. We were at a Brazilian steakhouse. Whoa. And, and, and it, this, is, this is how this stuff usually comes to me. Pastor Juan... Um, has tried on three different occasions to come into the U.S. and and was prevented because of it has something to do with his name. Um, it had nothing else. I mean, he was a, he was a district superintendent in Mexico. He's very highly thought of, but he's been prevented of coming in. And I thought, wouldn't it be great that once we got this Hispanic congregation coming, that Pastor Juan Martin would come and minister in this house? And it just kind of went whoo just like you did just then. It was like, whoa, yeah, that would be cool. We'd like that, you know. And so, so you know, why not? Why not? Why, why, why not, you know, as, as we are going down there, they're going to want to come here and they're going to want to bring their, the life and the ministry back. Cast your bread upon the waters and it will re turn to you, you know, and so let's let's believe God together, and and you know, as, as the Lord shows you things, and you say, well, I don't know if it means anything, well, write it down, and uh, and we'll factor it in, we'll, we'll pray over it, we'll say, Holy Spirit, show us what this is going to look like, we're just going without knowing, we don't really know, but that's what the faith walk is about, right, would you join me in that, would you join me, we just feel like this is something God wants, we know it's a need in the community, there's nothing like that out here that looks like what we know it can look like. Right? And, and, and it's a need. And, and we need to begin to address that. So praise God. Woo! Love it. God bless you. Hey, if you're a guest with us, please stop by Inside Lighthouse on the way. Um, God bless you. Next week, John Paul Spretcher is going to be with us. It's going to be a great